0: I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story and I want you to know that you do not, none of this story, none of this conclusion at all means you have to leave your husband. You can stay with your husband for the rest of your life and not do anything wrong. Like you're not violating any path or any choice. Okay. 100%. Let's start with, so remember visually the story of home. So you have source, then you have spirit, that little dot. Then you have soul, that diamond, and then you have the body. This is a picture of what it looks like to be a soulful being. So someone who has a soul. Not everyone has a soul. This is what it looks like when you have a soul. When you consider every being that's ever been created, you have certain categories of them. The bottom category, the biggest category is everybody else, people you will never cross paths with directly. Maybe you have some um, connection, five or six people from that person, but you'll never cross them ever or not for a very long time. The next level is something called soulmates. Soulmates are number two on the spectrum. They are one of the lowest. The definition of a soulmate is simply another being you have contracted to cross paths with who also has a soul. That's it. It could be your butcher. It could be the doctor that worked on your dog. That's a soulmate. As long as both of you have, have the right to souls. The reason I say the right is because maybe one of you or both of you is disconnected at the moment, so, but you still have access. You just haven't fully, you still have souls. And people who are soulmates are contracted at Life Design specifically to accomplish something. So they help each other on their evolutionary journeys in some way. Even if it's in a perceived very small way, it's very significant. But it does not imply that there has to be some romantic connection. It's not like we have only one soulmate and if we don't find them, we're totally screwed for life. That's not at all it. Souls families are fascinating. That's the next level of number three. And soul families are clusters of, of beings who have souls who assist one another to evolve. So it's a very beautiful evolutionary tool that we have access to. And these souls in the soul family work as a team to evolve together, which is beautiful because you don't have to do all the work by yourself. However, if... There is a difficulty evolving for the group. It is because there is one lowest common denominator. So, one or two that are having a struggle and they hold everyone back from the next step. Not like it's something to feel guilty about, but energetically, remember, energy is mathematical, it's the lowest common number. So, very often when soul families experience that kind of um, dynamic, many of them decide to come into embodiment in a life to help that one or two beings up. Which sometimes you can see in dynamics because people are so frustrated and they don't know why they want to help this one person just move. They don't know why. Maybe it's because they love them or they're a family member or whatever. It's usually because it's the lowest common preventing the soul family from evolving. But when the soul family reaches its objective of next level evolution, It dissipates. So all of the souls uh, reconfigure into different soul families for their next stages of evolution. It's a beautiful thing. That's a soul family. We don't always travel in the same world with the same souls in our soul families at the same time. We usually work individually. And then if there's an issue, we come together generally. That's soul family. So we've got everybody else, soul mates, soul families. Now we have the next level there are two levels left and these two levels left represent extremely sacred relationships. these are two esoteric relationships esoteric meaning um, very uh, unknown to most people so only a few a few know this and this is changing but over the history of this world let's say this, This information has been kept secret because it was too much for a larger population to appreciate. And also because if we knew all of this beforehand, we would probably not go through the experience in the same way. But this life is very, very different and all of this is coming to light and I I can't tell you how extraordinary it is. So the first level of these two very sacred relationships is called the twin flames. Everyone who has ever been created as an expressionist spirit, so every spirit, every part of quasi-particle of light up by source, has seven twin flames. Only seven. They do not change with each life. They do not change. As you evolve, there are seven. There is a very sacred ceremony that takes place when twin flames are paired both beings have to have lived enough lives to have um, achieved significant enough mastery in their own areas, whatever they choose to be masterful in, to be considered for this kind of pairing. And one day, God, this comes from the origin, identifies to beings who are at this level of mastery, who are capable of creating a composite or a combination of their two sophisticated combinations of mastery to create a new kind of mastery. So it's a beautiful alchemical union based on mastery. If these two beings agree then they go through a very very special ceremony at spirit they agree let's say and they go into this space and there's no rooms up there but it looks like a white space and in the middle is a circle of beings and they're like council members they're all white And in the center of these two of these beings are these two beings that are now going to be unified as twin flames. And they look like beautiful opalescent orbs of light. So like from spirit, this light comes that is the essence of that spirit. And then the other one. And in this ceremony, these two orbs come together. And when they are in this unified orb, they don't dissolve into each other. Every single particle that makes up both orbs is distributed together and it's almost like they're all dancing together. So it's key here to appreciate that they don't become uh, indistinguishable. They're very unique. And they're very much unified at the same time. And in that part of the ceremony, you hear the words, remember what it feels like to be one. And even uh, some beings can remember that in form and if you can tap into that composition of both of you, you can tap into what it means to be united in this very sacred union. Once this union takes place, these two beings begin a very, very important journey. They are allowed to have a few lives, very few, like three lives, not very many, in which they go into embodiment on the same planet at the same time, And they share their lives together and they have a blissful experience. There's no conflict. It's like a perfect relationship so that they can um, embed into their DNA what it feels like to physically be unified and at peace together. And then, very soon after those experiences, they have a very challenging life together in which some. Catholic, catalytic event takes place that separates them completely. One agrees to be the one to instigate the separation or the harm, oftentimes interpreted as harm. And the other one chooses to be the recipient of this trauma. This very traumatic event takes place. And like two marbles hitting against each other in the universe, they shoot to the, to, the, to the furthest parts of the universe. They're completely in a separate space now because the energy of them is so, um, you know how two magnets can't touch at the same points? It's like that, but so powerful, they have to be repelled. And now begins the stage of their journey where they have to work on themselves to find resolution. As they continue their journey of mastery, as they continue their own evolution, they have to find resolution with what happened when they separated. Because at this original ceremony of unification, it was so sacred and so complete, the sense of being together, the complete opposite of separation is extraordinarily violating. It is the worst thing you can imagine. Every so often, as they live their lives, millions of lives go by. Mhm. And they're given a chance to cross paths again in a life. And very often that first crossing of a path bounces them away again. They can't be in the same room for 5 seconds. They hate each other. They they have this feeling like they can't be in any like horrible like very rejection. And then they spend another few thousand or a million lives depending on the journey separate. And then they might get another chance after a certain amount of time to cross paths again together in a life. And so this pattern goes like this, where there's like touch point separate, touch point separate. Eventually, this distance between the lives gets shorter. So eventually they get closer and closer and closer together. So they're supposed to be able to spend time together in the same physical room, for example, and not change their state, not go into reaction, be able to be still while being together. Until they get to a point where they can reach the next objective on the twin flames journey, which is to seed a lineage, this lineage that is the composite of their mastery together. And remember that a lineage is a pathway that beings can travel to cultivate very specific mastery. So everyone in one lineage, so for example, the lineage of sight for oracles, for example, that's a lineage you can travel. And all the beings who are mastering sight travel on this together. So these twin flames are seeding a new lineage representing a new composition of mastery. And then they invite beings from everywhere in existence who wants to join in this journey of cultivating mastery in this particular mastery lineage. Once they are able to be stable enough together to begin the seeding of this lineage, the lineage begins to take on a life of its own and their journey shifts. It shifts from being able to handle being with each other without going crazy. It shifts from eventually seeding the lineage to the ultimate goal of the twin flames, which is the overseeing of the lineage. So now it's like they're guardians of the lineage and they are there to support in a state of divinity all of the beings who are mastering what they represent. So they must be models, they must be in the highest of integrity in their own areas of mastery. And whenever they cross paths with anyone in the life who is in their lineage and is seeking their assistance, but very much on an unconscious level, they must hold to the truth of their integrity and model what it is that they are mastering. This is one of the reasons why it's so important to always show up fully, because you never know who is going to cross your path. And if one of those beings is waiting for your assistance in the energetic realms, how do I master this aspect of the mastery of this lineage that you represent? You can only answer through the fullness of your being. So that's twin flames in human history, very seldom do twin flames meet in a life, very seldom because it usually resulted in some sort of dramatic event or a catastrophe, just replicating the original issue. In this life, there are quite a lot of twin flames that have crossed paths because of how important this time on the planet is and what an opportunity to continue resolution so we get more into the mastery and oversight of the lineage. But remember, seven twin flames only, and we're talking about in all existence, not just in this world, not just in this universe, every universe, everywhere. So the probability of crossing a path with one here is very small. And yet it's happening more and more. The way to identify when you are, who is a twin flame for you is generally they drive you crazy. You don't have much peace in the relationship at all. You know, deep inside of you, that there is something important that you are meant to do together. And one of you is pushing for it and the other one wants to run from it. There's that as a general statement, that's twin flames. Next, twin rays. Twin rays are also seven. Twin rays are very, very different. The responsibility of a twin ray pairing is to convert the unknown into the known. There are experiences between twin rays that represent pain, absolutely, but not not constant drama because of this one event that took place once upon a time. So the twin rays are the highest expression of union that God creates. If you cross paths with a ray, you may identify them immediately, you may not, but when you begin to grow together, you identify that there is a connection between the two of you that is not of this world at all. You feel the other one even energetically if they're not here with you physically. Uh, When we work with twin rays, there are exercises that you do to be able to meet in the quantum field and work together consciously while in a physical form the connections that you have are all for a very specific reason. Remember, their role is to convert the unknown into the known. This can be expressed in three different levels. When, I know, take a breath because this is good. When you acknowledge and recognize that you have crossed a path with a ray, you immediately begin to activate the embodiment of the state of the ray, this is very important. If you were to cross a path with a ray, but you did not recognize each other as rays, then the status of being a ray would not be activated. So it would be a dormant state. The moment you recognize a ray and they recognize you, such an energetic catalyst occurs that will change you forever, forever. The connection between you will become so strong You will not be able to forget it. And your work begins. First, you are responsible for continuously converting your own unknown into more of your known. Everyone has their own relative conception of what they know and what is representative of where they haven't been yet or what they don't remember. So very first, you must take responsibility for your own power stand in your own light, and continually expand into more of your known. The conversion of the unknown into the known looks like you are expanding the space around you. And the more you expand, the more you move your known into that unknown. This is very important. If we cannot model that, we cannot go to the next step, which is to work together with your ray in order to convert the collective unknown into more of the collective known, in our case, humanity. So you likely have a sacred contract to be of service in this world. With a ray, when you um, embody the ray, when you recognize your ray, you also activate access to the joint sacred contract that you have together, which means You are now responsible for your own level of service work and the service work you have together, which is different. It's not like your work and his work together. It is different. Exactly. And it's a complementary. It's not like completely different, but it's huge. It's huge. When you cross paths with a ray, it is because the work you are responsible for in a life is so big that it's extremely unlikely that you are able to complete it or achieve any of it without the assistance of something so otherworldly and so divine as a connection with a ray in embodiment. The third level of the work of the rays, and this is very important, is to convert the absolute unknown into more of the absolute known. What does this mean? It means that in all of creation, and now here the mind is going to need some help, so we're going to find um, perimeters in all of creation. Let's pretend there's a big bubble, and inside of the bubble is everything that has ever been existed, everything that has ever been known, everything that's ever been experienced, even thought of, but not yet formed, everything. Outside of this bubble represents the absolute unknown. It has never yet been explored, ever. Twin rays travel the perimeter of this absolute known to expand it into the unknown, where there is no exploration yet. They explore for the first time to assist all of existence in being able to access more knowingness. That is the function of the ray. The idea of creation is twofold. We write creation with a lowercase C and we also can write it in an uppercase C. The lowercase is remembering what you've already created. So That's very much deeply in the known. We just don't remember. Capital C is when you create out of potentiality. So it has already been formed as an idea, but it has not taken physical form yet. And so the capital C creation is taking the idea in potential and putting it into form for the very first time. Why, why do you sense that I'm telling you this story? The world would benefit an extraordinary amount if Rays, who identified each other already, like how does that happen? If they chose to agree to work together. Because remember how I was talking about the soul family and the lowest common denominator? The lowest common denominator also plays a role in life design. The highest common denominator is when we are up there designing the life. That's where we agreed, yes, these two rays, yes, we will do work together. It will be extraordinary. But when we go down into this physical expression, like the mind and the ego and the emotions and everything that we forget plays an influential part. So we, in this physical world, represent the lowest common denominator of our experience. Unless we can access knowingness, that's why it's so important because otherwise the human, the ego, could dictate everything. And then we could lose all of those opportunities. So if up there you both agreed to do service work here, it is only the human that could stop that. The other thing about healing is that in the new, new world, it's no longer about someone using a gift to heal someone else. And when we stand in that space of such light, we emanate oneness naturally, and that creates what the human considers healing, but really it's an infusion of light that is only available on the planet if one does work so much on themselves that they can create that uh, conduit. If we are at a level of awareness that is high enough, we will know exact moment when a contract is completed with someone and because the human drama makes things much more complicated than that many times we choose to remain in um, relationships because when we began those relationships our intention was to continue them until death. But contractually at a life design level, at a higher level of awareness, we may have designed them differently. And the assumptions of the human on what social constructs represent are sometimes different from the way that we design the experience to play out in the first place. So there's one other aspect though that I will tell you. Um, Old earth, new earth. Remember how we were talking about the forced reincarnation agendas? There is um, a specific collective that was responsible for this second agenda. Because approximately six to seven days ago, the old and the new completely disconnected. So now there's two versions of the planet for sort of free floating. One is the old, and the other one is now traveling the new, is traveling through a channel or a canal that will eventually lead to a birthing of the new in form. The old one, this is fascinating. This is like information from two days ago, so this is fascinating. The old one is going through a very specific process now where every being who is still alive and or decided to go into the old because for whatever reason it wasn't beneficial for them to go into the new, and they didn't go home or anything, like they've chosen to still live somewhere. In a lineup or in single file, there's not a single file, sometimes there's two of them at a time. The beings who have chosen to go into the old are lining up and walking into the old reality. This collective that is responsible for this agenda is standing next to those lines and with like a check mark on paper, they are ticking off everyone's name, to make sure everyone who is accounted for comes into the old. The old version of Earth is now going to be manned or managed or governed by this collective that was responsible for this agenda. And look at the wording because the governance over, so in new, there's no government, there's self autonomy, there's sovereignty. In the old, they still wanted that construct of a governance. So that collective created this dynamic. So the beings in the old gave away their choice because they wanted something to govern over them. So they have that. They have exactly what they wanted for their next steps. Perfect. There is a very specific, clear wall, membrane that's dividing the two worlds now we can't go through, they can't go through. It's very interesting. In the new, I was asked during a session a couple of days ago, Susan was there, we were in person with someone. If that collective is governing the old, what is the, the wording was, what is the guiding light of the new? Notice it didn't say what is the governing force over the new, there is none. What is the guiding light of the new? And the answer is the rays. Yeah, it is. It is a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. One of the responsibilities that I have, and he has, is to support the rays, which is why all of this is coming up. And it's interesting because there is a something called an overseer of the rays. Imagine that the rays being at such a high level of, of union. There's an overseer above that before God that is meant to play a very, very special function in the word oversee is very important. They don't manage. They don't dictate. If there's something wrong, they'll intervene. If not, they'll simply observe, like witness even. They're very specific. And they almost never come into body. They always stay up there. So Susan and I meet with ray twin rays rays who have recognized each other so the ones that are already embodying if if you know you are a ray but you haven't talked about it with your ray yet you're not fully in an activated space so we don't we don't have you in that space but if you get to a point where both of you are recognizing your functions and we can talk about what they mean the implications that's fine but it's the energetic acknowledgement uh aha we're twin rays whoa what do we do next coming to these convergences is so important. It is like the exploration of the new in a way that this planet has very 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 rarely seen. It's extraordinary. There's very little talking, it's a lot of energy work just with you and your ray. We don't change partners. It's sometimes sometimes I I do some eye stuff with people, but normally it's just you you're working together to build your not your connection, but the energetic muscles that you use when you work together. And so much clarity comes out so much revelation of this connection that you have, that it's possible to even have with another being in form. It's not, it's not normal. Like there's no mind whatsoever in this. It's extraordinary. So if you have that conversation with him, if you begin to walk that journey together in awareness tell me and you will be invited to those experiences. Even if you want one, just to see what it's like, there's no commitment at all and they're free. It's a service that we're doing because it's so important. You're most welcome to come with him.